0: congratulations we finished the book of psalms we are over halfway through the bible the bible i'm reading out of has 1042 pages so halfway is page 521 which is where psalm 139 starts what an amazing chapter of the bible when the psalm starts david talks about how god searches and knows us not on a shallow level but he knows when we sit down and when we rise up. He even discerns our thoughts from afar. It's not just that he knows our thoughts or just that he knows what we say or when we say it, but he knows every word we're going to say before the words are even formed on our tongues. He also searches out the paths we walk and the places where we lay down. He knows all our ways. He not only knows every step we've taken, but he wrote every day we were to live in a book for us before we were ever born. This not only shows that God knows us intimately, this not only shows how he is not surprised or caught off guard by our thoughts or our actions, but this shows how he has actually planned for these thoughts and for these actions. Somehow, for some reason, He has a purpose in letting us think the things we think and experience the things we experience. Depending on our circumstances and experiences, this can be difficult to accept. I am not saying God condones sin, but I am saying he has a purpose in allowing us to do whatever we do. Before you turn me off, hear me out. Joseph was able to deliver his brothers from starvation because they sold him into slavery. This ultimately led to Joseph's family getting enslaved for 400 years, at which point God delivered them in absolutely awe-inspiring fashion. All of this hatred between the brothers, hatred between the Israelites and the Egyptians, all of this slavery, it is all absolutely sinful. But all of this was the expressed plan and purpose of God from the beginning. Way back in Genesis 15, which is the second time God met with Abram and promised to give him a child, an offspring as numerous as the stars in the sky. Just after Abram believed and was accounted to him as righteousness, God told Abram to know for certain that his offspring would be enslaved and afflicted for 400 years in a land not their own. This may or may not blow your categories of how God works to pieces, but we have to have a category in our thinking where God can allow sin, sometimes horrible and destructive sin, to occur for a good purpose. There are tons of other examples from the Bible where God allows simple things to happen for a purpose. But we can just skip to the most important and the most indisputable example. We know from John 1 and Colossians 1 that God knew he was going to die for his creation before he ever created anything. He alluded to it and prophesied about it for millennia before Jesus ever walked the earth. In just a couple of books, we're going to read about the suffering servant that was prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus was born. So, we know that the plan was undeniably for God to come as Jesus and die at the hands of his creation. Jesus was a completely innocent man who was punished unjustly by the political leaders of the day. This is murder. A top 10 no-no in god's law but god planned it from the beginning we can approach this from a hundred thousand foot level and accept it as god's plan of salvation and that's amazing we need to do that we need to worship god for this plan of salvation but let's zoom in some this millennium's long plan did not happen at the hundred thousand foot level This plan was a trillion brushstrokes over thousands of years at an extremely personal level. If we just zoom in on the night Jesus was tried, Peter denied Jesus in front of everyone multiple times. Jesus even told him he was going to do it. He literally went from slicing someone's ear off for Jesus to being scared to identify as a friend of Jesus in one night. Jesus didn't tell him that he was going to deny him to prevent him from doing it. He did it in a very matter-of-fact way and explained that it was the plan of God prophesied hundreds of years before. In fact, he said the plan was for all of them to reject him, that God would strike the shepherd and the sheep would scatter. But after he told them that they would abandon him, he told them that he would meet them in Galilee, Jesus' focus wasn't their denial, but that he would still meet with them even after they rejected him. This is just one extremely small brushstroke on a canvas of God's plan of redemption for the world. But it portrays an amazing pattern of how God works. His focus is on accomplishing his plan, not our failures. His desire is for us to just trust him. Peter was going to fall away and scatter regardless. It was the express plan for hundreds of years. He could have marveled at Jesus' willingness to forgive his denial. Instead, he chose to argue with Jesus. He could have prayed for strength to not deny Jesus. But instead, he chose to trust in his own strength to not fall away. This was evident by them continually falling asleep in the garden immediately after Jesus told them that they would deny him. I know it seems like we are seeing things from the 100,000-foot level, but in reality, we aren't. Praise God for the plan of salvation. We need to worship God for the plan of salvation that is clearly evident in this big picture. But God desires more for us, and from us. We are a brushstroke of this amazing masterpiece. God wants us to zoom in on other brushstrokes. God himself zooms in on brushstrokes. This is quite literally the point of Psalm 139. He is saying to us that he knows our thoughts and the path he has laid out for us to walk. I'm not talking about checkpoints along the way where we just catch back up with God. I'm saying that all the potholes, all the hairpin turns, all the thorns, all the cliffs, all the valleys, every single setback, God has laid it out before us for a good purpose. He promises to work it all together for our good. Joseph said that his brothers meant the bad stuff that happened to him as evil, but God meant the same bad stuff as good. Same actions, different purpose, and different intent. I don't know what is going on in your life. I don't know what kind of scary or invasive thoughts you might be having. But regardless of whatever situation you might be in, God has not abandoned you. We need to pray that God will help us take our thoughts captive. We need to pray that God will not allow us to fall into temptation. We need to ask God to search us and know our heart. We need to ask God to try us and know our thoughts. We need to ask God if there are any grievous ways in us. We need to ask God to lead us in the way everlasting. But if for some reason we don't take those thoughts captive, we fall into temptation we need to know that god's grace is enough even when our darkness is so dark that light is dark to us god still sees clearly the night is as bright as the day for god god thinks about us all the time when our minds are overwhelmed with all the worries of this world when all the invasive thoughts that take us captive will not relent God is thinking about us. We most likely won't be thinking of him when our minds are overwhelmed. But God is still thinking about us. When we wake up from these thoughts, like from a bad dream, God is right there with us. Someone with so much authority over us and insight into our inner workings can be scary. Until you realize he is not using this knowledge of us and power over us to somehow manipulate us or hurt us or get some kind of advantage over us, He's asking us to run towards Him. He's offering us forgiveness, hope, and steadfast love. Love that never wavers. Grace that doesn't end, no matter what we think or do. In my opinion, the best summary of the gospel that we have read so far is in Psalms 147, 10-11. His delight is not in the strength of horses, nor His pleasure in the legs of man. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him, and those who hope in His steadfast love. God does not take pleasure in how strong we are, or what we can accomplish. Even if we have superhuman willpower to resist temptation, or superhuman mental strength to defeat these invasive thoughts, these things aren't what brings Him joy. What brings God joy is when we realize how broken we are, how sinful we are, how just God is, but also how merciful God is, and then we run to God for refuge. He does not allow us to fall further than he's willing to forgive us. Let's worship God for his grace in the messy brushstrokes of life. Let us rejoice that we are a brushstroke in his masterpiece. Praise God for his grace. Praise God for his mercy. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued support of this podcast. Your support is extremely encouraging to me. Please come back tomorrow as we start reading Proverbs.